Hello and welcome this week to Talking Flutes Extra. Just a reminder for those of you been asking recently that the intro music is called Besame Mucho. I hope I've said that very well to all you Spanish-speaking people. And is played by the lovely guy and wonderful flutist that is Giovanni Perez. Right, today I have a treat for you. And I'm unashamedly cribbing from our own website homepage. This podcast is where... In inverted commas, classical musicians meet modern marketing. Can we hear our giggling in the background? Not quite. Uh, professional flutist herself, Nicole Ricardo, has also managed to carve out an online and social media career advising and helping not only corporate entities to communicate to their target audiences, but also has a very successful online presence challenging musicians to not only believe in themselves as artists, but to get a grip with their socials and then let their music do the work. As she says, I now empower other musicians and creative entrepreneurs with the knowledge and strategies they need in order to create their own dream career. I'm delighted this week to be joined from Austin, Texas, very early in the morning, I know, by the one and only Nicole Ricardo. Hi, Nicole. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Sorry to wake you up so early, my lady. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm trying trying to get in better habits and, you know, waking up early, be more productive. <laughs> well, yeah, Texas. I mean, that is a big place, isn't it? Let's, ju- let's talk about Texas for a second. I mean, obviously, I'm calling from London. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we think London is the centre of the universe. And then you look at Texas and the size of it and think, ah, we're tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Texas is, well, you know, Texas also thinks it's the center of the universe, let me say. Um, but yeah, it's, it's huge. I've, I've never lived anywhere where, you know, you can drive fires in any direction and you are still in the same state. It's just, it's huge. There's, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Oh, probably more than that, too, because I mean, it's fairly central. So, yeah. (laughs) What was interesting is I remember a few years ago passing um, Trafalgar Square in London and saw a building and it was called the Texas Embassy. (laughs) So you're right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Texas is all about Texas. Because even like if you go to liquor stores here, you know, they'll have like the the different wine aisles. They'll have like a an aisle for red and sparkling and blah, blah, blah. And then they have an aisle for Texas. Yeah. Texas wines. It's very. Yeah. <laughs> so do, does everybody walk around in cowboy hats or is that just a um, <laughs> is that just an image, it, that, an old image that we have from uh, the, the <laughs> Dallas series many, many years ago? No, that definitely is a thing. I think there's there's slightly less of it in Austin because in Texas, Austin is kind of like progressive oasis. It's known as, you know, a very uh, hippie-ish town. Like our, the Austin slogan, keep Austin weird. <laughs> so yeah, there's, there's less of it here. But yeah, if you go outside of Austin, like that's, that's a thing. Everybody has big trucks and they actually use them to haul things. They're, everybody's wearing cowboy boots. They have cowboy hats. I've seen a couple spurs. It's, yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> oh, well, my imagination is reality. Crikey, that makes that makes yeah. a change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ranches, cattle, yeah. <laughs> uh well, and of course you've got the big NFA in Texas this year. Yeah. Sorry, next year. Dallas. Yeah. Already looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Right, Nicole, let's go right back to the very beginning. You're only a young one, so um it's not that far back compared to me. 
why, <laughs> when did you start playing the flute and why the flute? Yeah, so I actually um, started with piano. I do not come from a musical family. Um, nobody in my family was musical. So I was really first kind of introduced when I was in kindergarten. Actually, my kindergarten teacher had a piano in the classroom. And so she would play and sing for us, like things that went along with the lessons and um, in between, you know, and changes. So I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. I, I think I want to learn how to do that. And so I started taking lessons with her. Um, but I always played by ear. I hated reading music. And so eventually she kind of realized, cause I would always ask her, Hey, can you play that first? And then I would just play it back. So eventually she realized that and stopped doing that and tried to, you know, make, make me learn how to read the music. And I was just not a fan. So I stopped taking piano lessons, <laughs> but, um, then in fourth grade, we, I actually went to a school that had a band, which is pretty rare in elementary schools. So I joined band and I actually wanted to play trumpet. That was the <laughs> instrument. I was obsessed. I wanted to be a trumpet player. I was just determined. And my mom just was not having it. She clearly knew that it was going to be a very loud, um, interruptive instrument. So Is that why like, you wanted to play it? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so um, she, she was like, you know, why don't we, why don't we try something? Maybe there's something a little smaller. She was so nice about it. She went the route of, you know, you know what, you're really tiny. What if you're having to carry that case on the bus? I'm like, oh, okay, okay, fine. So I was like, well, I guess I'll pick the flute. That's the smallest one. So I ended up playing the flute. I was playing it in fourth grade. Then unfortunately our band director left. So I kind of stopped, but then I got to middle school and in middle school, <laughs> you either had to take PE, um, or pick one of the year long electives. And I am just, I've never been a big fan of physical activity, like <laughs> things like running laps and doing pushups. I'm just like, no, thanks. I'll sit here and have some like tea, you know? So, um, so I did not want to take PE. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I have this flute, I'll join band again. So I taught myself how to play flute again and join band. And now here we are. <laughs> and what happened when you took, decided to take the flute more seriously? Who've been your influences and your sort of major teachers in your um, flute playing career so far? Yeah. Um, so I think the the big influence in making me, you know, take it more seriously, it actually was in seventh grade also. I at that time I was obsessed with the Beatles. Um, they were my thing. And so after enough pleading, my mom eventually those, you know, like beast books for for instrument in C. And my best friend at the time was a violin player and she was just phenomenal, like one of those, you know amazing like child prodigy types so I went over to her house and I really loved let it be that was my favorite and still is and so I asked her to play it and she started playing it we were in her music room I was sitting in this big comfy chair and as she's playing it I'm just like sitting there listening I just felt so overcome with just pure happiness I was like oh my god this is this is what I want to do I want to make people feel like this so that was it and I was like this is I'm gonna be a musician this is what I'm doing <laughs> and um 
the big the big influences in my playing would definitely be my my flute teacher from high school Betsy Traba love her I still see her every time I go home um she is the principal flute player of the Sarasota Orchestra and then from college I studied with professor Ava Omsler so those were my two my two biggest flute influences I love the fact that it was sitting listening to the Beatles that just gave you that <laughs> feeling of well-being and wanting to know more and more and yeah this is my life for the future but it's not just yeah. your life is it what made you so no. passionate about the message as in people have a message to give and nobody is there to hear it unless people tell you about it so why why did you where did you get this passion and this drive to want to tell people that don't just sit at home and hide Put yourself out yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. So the whole, you know, get out there and actually market yourself. <laughs> that I really became passionate about that when that was what I did for myself. And I saw how impactful it could be because after I graduated with my master's, um, I did end up having to get a normal nine to five job and I was there for many years. And it was just, you know, if I'm being honest, like you can only be a musician not working as a musician or any creative really before you're just like, what am I doing with my life? You know, like I worked so freaking hard to, to make this happen. And now what am I doing? I'm just like sitting here in some office, wasting away my life, you know, making somebody else's dreams come true. Like this is stupid. So I, in, in my nine to five jobs, I actually got a lot of training and learned a lot about marketing and social media marketing and branding and all that good stuff. So eventually I wisened up and was like, why, why am I using this to help these businesses that honestly, I don't even really care about. Why am I not using these to make my own career and be able to do what I want and be happy doing doing things that I enjoy? So I did. I sat down. I actually like went through a whole branding process. I got clear on you know what I, the kind of people that I was trying to reach. obviously flute players. Um, I redid my website, got very intentional about my wording. I started using my social media a lot more strategically and just putting out um, very different content and trying to really use these digital platforms to establish a career for myself. And I did, which was like, I don't know, I guess I shouldn't say I was surprised because I had been doing it for these businesses. So like I knew that it worked, but actually doing it yourself and seeing it happen for yourself is different, you know? So I, within eight months of doing that whole process, I actually was able to quit my full-time job oh, and started, started making a full-time living being self-employed. So I was teaching lessons. I started getting some gigs around here finally. Um, and then I started actually landing clients for doing social media management and the marketing and branding. Because when I started doing it for myself, I had people reaching out to me all the time, like, hey, how did you do this? How did you do this? Your website looks great. What did you do here? Like, oh, wow, I noticed you just quit your job. Like, what did you do to get there? So I, it just kind of clicked. I was like, oh, 
people don't know these things. Like they should know these things because this is literally how you're going to be able to make a living for yourself. So that's what kind of made it all click where I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I need to get this information out to my people, other classical musicians. So that way, you know, they don't go through what I went through and have to spend years in this normal nine to five job feeling like you're just wasting your life away. Like we work too hard at our crafts to, you know, just graduate and, oh, well, look at that. I didn't land an orchestra job or, oh, wow, look at that. I didn't, you know, win that professor spot because it's like trying to win the lottery at the end of the day, you know, it's like, well, what do the rest of us do? So now we know what to do. You have to market yourself. (laughs) You do. And that's okay. You saying, yeah, I can do that. I'll reinvent myself in Austin or even Texas, as you've already pointed out, Texas is huge. Mm -hmm. But I've come Mm -hmm. across, I have come across you by the power of social media and the internet from London. Mm -hmm. And the musicians (laughs) need to realize that not to confine their own little world in their locality. Because mm-hmm. what you've done is you just spread the word everywhere. So can we yeah. go back? Let's go back a bit. Let's talk about musicians and their social media. And don't start snoring, please. Um, <laughs> in short, what are the major do's and don'ts in your experience that you're finding when you speak to musicians and when you look online? What are the, yeah, that's great. And oh dear, I don't know why they're doing that or not doing that. What advice could you give? <laughs> Yeah. So I think, I think the biggest don't (laughs) is when people do the, the follow unfollow game. And what I mean by that is there are certain accounts and I will say classical musicians don't do this quite as frequently as other niche areas, but basically what it is, is it's this strategy that honestly, like everybody hates that has ever experienced it where Mm -hmm. they'll like find an account. So say somebody finds my account and they're like, wow, she's my target audience. I want her to follow me. So they'll go on today and follow me. And then later tonight they hit unfollow. And then tomorrow they go on and follow me again. And then they hit unfollow. Then the next day they go on and hit follow me again. So basically I'm just getting these constant notifications like, oh, they followed you. They followed you. They followed you. It's kind of like their way of like nudging you like, hey, I'm here. Pay attention to me. But it's like, what, like, what are you doing? You're, you know, I get a notification that you followed me and followed me and followed me, which also means you just unfollow. Like, what are you doing? Stop doing that. That's annoying. You're being annoying. So that's a big don't. (laughs) Um, I think another big don't, and oh my God, I've seen this with so many composers. Oh, they send the, it's almost like, like spamming you with their music like you'll you'll follow them because you might see a video or whatever you're like oh okay that sounds neat so you hit follow and then you know two seconds later you get this like novel message like oh thank you so much for your follow my name is blah 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 and I went to this school and this is the kind of music that I wrote and I actually have this piece for blah 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 and here's a YouTube video of it and here's another recording of it and let me know what you think or buy my music like oh 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 no no this is no 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 this (laughs) not how you do this do you know Um, i get get that all the i get all that all the time on linkedin it's always the composers Oh, it's so bad. And so I've, this is literally what I've started doing because I just like don't have time for this anymore. So I've started replying back and I'll just say, Oh, it looks like you don't have a marketing plan in place for 
getting your music out there to new people. Let me know if you'd like to ever talk about this. Yes, <laughs> it's like, like okay, well, like if you're going to spam me with what you're doing, like I'm going to spam you back, you know, like that's not, that's not how you do it. So here, that brings me to a do social media. I think the biggest power is building relationships. And I know, you know, there's the old fashioned word networking. Honestly, I hate the word networking. I prefer to think of it as relationship building and social media is just so perfect for that. Like exactly like you were saying, there are, I've developed relationships with people and met people uh, all over the world that I never would have met without Instagram, you know, or Mm. Facebook. And it's crazy because you can talk to these people and you get to know them and you, you get to know them. Like you're having deep conversations. Like I've, I've posted about my anxiety before I have pretty bad, um, like travel anxiety. And I've had, you know, full on conversations talking about, you know, going to therapists and anxiety and like, what are you doing to manage this and blah, blah, blah with people like literally on the other side of the world that, I never would have known otherwise. And it's just this big supportive community and family. And so, you know, I think at the end of the day, some people get very concerned about like, oh, well, I don't have very many followers. And, you know, this person has has tens of thousands of followers, but really it doesn't, it, the follower count doesn't matter. It's all yeah, about yeah. quality over quantity, you know, because you can have 500,000 followers, but if they don't, if they don't, actually really know you and trust you it doesn't matter what you say they're not gonna you know nothing's gonna come of it it's not gonna convert to anything ever but even if you have you know if you have a thousand followers but you have relationships and you've talked to all of them and you know them and you know you're building that with them then that's so much more meaningful and impactful those 500,000 who, who don't even, you know, care about you. So I think that that's, that's a really big do (laughs) is build, build relationships. You know, it's social media, be social. (laughs) Um, and then another do big do for musicians specifically is posting videos. And I actually am so guilty of not doing this because I hate recording video (laughs) to be honest, but, um, you know, that's the fastest way to grow an account and to reach a new audience. The way that the the algorithm on Instagram, it, it prioritizes mm. video content. So it's always going to give you a larger reach. It's going to perform better. And I mean, at, at the end of the day, like we're, we're musicians, right? We want to hear what you're, what you're playing and what you're working on and what you're practicing. So, um, yeah, video content is, is the way to go. <laughs> and you're, one thing that I've noticed, well, as soon as you popped up on Instagram, one thing that is very, you have two, you have a two prong attack. You have quality of photography. Every one of your posts yeah. is a quality picture, and then you you don't mess around the with the uh, the verbiage. You just go straight for it, as yeah. in the words. It's straight there. So you have this combined approach where you're catching the eye on somebody's feed, and then you look yeah. at the picture. And I'm I'm not guilty of just of uh, liking each picture as I'm. I'm it goes down the feed. I don't like people mm-hmm. to just sort of click. I read what you write, and it's straight. You straight in. You take the knife out, and it's straight in between the shoulder blades, isn't it? And you have your strategy of saying, "Yeah, it's about picture, but also there's a message underneath." Yeah, yeah, and that's really you know, with Instagram especially, like it's a visual platform, so you have to have those really beautiful and eye-catching photos, and that's what 
you know, when, when somebody's scrolling through their, their feed, if you want them to stop actually read what you have to say, you have to have a beautiful picture there because it's just, you know, like a dimly lit photo and, um, poor quality and bad lighting and no, nobody's going to bother, first of all, liking it. Um, but they're not going to bother reading what you wrote underneath it. So it's kind of a, I mean, it's a strategy for basically being taken more seriously, some people will see your photos and then they're going to be like, oh, wow, that's a really, it's a really great photo or that's really high quality or whatever. And then they're going to take a minute and be like, okay, what, what does this person have to say? And then they'll read what you wrote. And then that's the second half of creating a really, you know, compelling post is, yeah, you have to have a great photo, but you also like, what are you saying? You know, is your caption just a, you know, a couple emojis? That's not very engaging. You know, <laughs> what are people going to do with that? Like, that's not going to engage them in conversation. So you, most, the majority of my posts tend to be a little bit longer winded because I think I'm a little bit longer winded, but um, yeah. Yeah, but you're, you're not, I want to say this very openly, you're not a gentle writer. You actually say it as it is. You know what I mean yeah. by that? Yeah, you um, you really, you hit the subject matter and you don't beat around the bush. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very real talk, no BS, because I just, looking back on my musical training, there are so many moments where I just wish somebody would have been straight with me and been like, look, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. And that's what you're trying to do. So this is what you need to do versus the beating around the bush and being like, well, you could try this or you can do this <laughs> or, you know, this was good, but let's try maybe this a little bit differently. Or, you know, the like, oh, you can be anything you want to be. And, you know, just keep taking auditions and you'll win one eventually. Like, okay, we know that's not the reality. And so I think that there's there's just too much of the, you know, the sugarcoating and the beating around the bush. And so, yeah, I'm just, I mean, also my personality type, I'm very direct and, you know, I, my mouth has gotten me in trouble for as long <laughs> as I can remember. I'm, I'm Italian, my family, I, it's run by strong Italian women who aren't afraid to say what they think and speak their mind. And so that's just me, you know? So, that is so yeah. That is so refreshing <laughs> though in social media where, uh, the, the the perception is that everybody leaves this perfect life and the yeah. reality underneath the pictures and underneath the videos is not such. And you yeah. bring a refreshing directness to your postings on whatever platform. So I, I really enjoy them. Thank you. And yeah, I think that's I think that's so important because exactly like you said, with social media especially it's so easy to see everything as just a highlight reel, you know, and that's why I think it's gotten such a bad rap. And some people are like, oh, I just hate Instagram. It's, you know, I've literally had like very in-depth conversations with people <laughs> hate, 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 hate Instagram because of that. And I'm like, you know, I, uh, I think it's kind of all of our responsibilities at some point to be like, you know, hey, like, here's the reality. Here's the actual behind the scenes. So like in my stories, once, you know, I literally shared a picture. I was at a concert and like I was talking about with anxiety, have um, bad travel anxiety and social anxiety and like large settings. So I literally shared in my stories once, like, here's a picture of me like crying in a bathroom stall because I am at a concert right now and I have so much anxiety. I can't even function. So no matter how particular things look on Instagram, like 
it's people are not actually all put together. Like it's okay to not be perfect and to not have everything together. Like you're normal. (laughs) And that I got so many messages from that. People were just like, thank you. Like, thank you for talking about this and showing that not all perfect and rainbows and butterflies because, you know, that's love. There are hard times and there are struggles and I think it's okay to share about it. And even with things like, um, videos, you know, there are so many accounts who share these beautiful videos and they're very high quality and well done, but they're all perfect. You know, there are hardly any missed notes. And so one of the reasons that I struggle actually with sharing video content is because I'm like, well, it's, it's not going to be perfect. Like I don't practice every day, you know? So I get kind of afraid to share them, but then I'm like, no, like I think about my students and I'm always telling them, you know, it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to miss a note. What's most important is playing musically. So I think that that's something that's really important as well sharing, you know, Hey, here's the behind the scenes and the practicing. And even though I am a professional musician and I do this as a living, I still play wrong notes and I still have to practice. I think that that just sets a really good example for all of these younger kids. You know, we, we already know classical musicians have horrible perfectionist tendencies and we can get really down on ourselves about it. So I think that that's really important as well as just showing, you know, hey, not everything is perfect. <laughs> well, that's the key, isn't it? Showing your vulnerability, opening up. Yeah. Because yeah. when you open up to your vulnerability, how does that improve your musicianship? tenfold 20 fold it just transforms you rather than being yeah. hidden behind this perfect image on um perfect that's a bit of a weird word isn't it perfect, perfect. image on perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, on socials so what advice could you give yeah. to an aspiring musician who is struggling to be heard online i i think just be yourself you know mm, it's yes, i think it's more about sharing the journey and don't feel like you have to wait until you're you know, oh, I have to wait until I can play this, or I have to wait until I can get through this in one breath, or I have to wait until I can do this, or I have to wait until I have this camera or this microphone or whatever, you know, come, come as you are and just start. Because I think just, just starting and just getting out there and actually doing it, I think that's the hardest part. But once you can kind of get over that, usually it's a mental block where you're like, oh, I can't post this until I have this camera. So my, my um, video looks better. Oh, I can't post this until I have this microphone. So it doesn't sound, you know, like crappy iPhone quality. Like it doesn't matter. You know, if you're, if you're a student, your people are going to expect you to, you know, be still working through things. And even if you're a professional, like people want to see that you are still working through things. People want to see the real, it's like reality television. Like that's why keeping up with the Kardashians is a thing. People want to know the real, they want to know the behind the scenes. And so I think, Um, there's kind of been this stigma built around social media that everything has to be perfect. And, you know, every single photo has to be professional quality and every (laughs) caption has to be groundbreaking. Like it's not the case. It's not every single one of my captions are groundbreaking, you know, sometimes it's talking about the more real. And I, I think that's really important. Just, you know, being yourself and letting people know where you are right now and talking about those struggles. I mean, heck, write a post about, oh, I didn't feel ready to post this video because I felt like I wasn't, you know, good enough to post a video just with my iPhone. I felt like I needed to have this full camera video setup and microphone and blah, blah, blah. So here I am sharing it anyway. Here's my crappy iPhone recording quality, but I'm doing it anyway because I love this piece and here it is, you know? 
And that's how you would end up carving your own niche, isn't it, on social media, by being truly yourself rather than trying to copy yeah. or imitate others. Yeah, exactly. Because that's, you know, you can, if you're trying to imitate someone else, you can only do it for so long and then you're going to get exhausted because it's not you and you're going to run out of content ideas and you're going to be sitting there what about today what do I post today you're not going to know because you're not you're not being not being who you are but if you are just doing what you feel and sharing what you think you're not run out of ideas I mean I I hope you never stop thinking you know so it's it's a lot easier and it's going to make you a lot more identifiable because people are going to know like, oh, that's Nicole. She's known for, you know, not taking BS. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, that is, yeah, there's something quite nice about that, isn't it? Because honesty online is, um, is sort of lacking as a, as a general rule, isn't it? Because as you say, people yeah. say, generally say nice things. Um, obviously, there are the, the trolls that go around and those that go around just saying horrible things. But mm-hmm. what's your advice to musicians that maybe listen to this podcast that, have had negative feedback uh, online? Honestly, I everybody deals with it differently, but my viewpoint is <sighs> something that Professor Onsler told me as an undergrad, and actually my, <laughs> my post that I'm posting um, today is literally sharing this. She said to me, the first time I ever had to deal with somebody, you know, the talking behind your back and being rude and being mean, she said, that when people do this, it has nothing to do with you. What's going on is they are actually projecting their own fears and insecurities. Absolutely. And it like blew my mind. And every single time since then, whenever that's happened, I just come back to that statement. I'm like, you know what? That's so true. Like this has nothing to do with me. This is because maybe this person feels poorly about their own area of technique or whatever they're, you know, being rude about. And so, you know, you can you can leave the comment there or whatever it is and just let it roll off your shoulders. You can delete it and carry on with your life. Like whatever makes you feel good, whatever makes you feel like, okay, I can be done with this and carry on with my life. But I just don't think, obviously it's easier said than done to not care about it. But I think, you know, don't care about it (laughs) because at the end of the day, like, is it going to matter in five years from now? 10 years from now are they going to actually come hunt you down and you know physically harm you like no it's just somebody spewing hateful words and there are so many other things that you could be putting your time and your energy into like why are you going to spend it on negativity i'm i feel very strongly that whatever you like focus on is what you're going to manifest because I mean, your, your brain controls everything, right? So if you're constantly focusing on activity and you let it bring you down and you're dwelling on it, it's going to bring more of that in your life. But if you're just like, okay, well, that person's having a bad day, hope it gets better. Have a, have a great life. Bye. Okay, carrying on with my life. Now I'm going to go play flute and something that makes me happy, you know, totally, then you're going to yeah, have a better life. <laughs> I totally endorse that. And I was told many, many years ago, funnily enough, by a Buddhist monk, so it couldn't be that long ago, uh, when social media, <laughs> my social media had just started and the negative comments were starting to sort of pop up around sort of around the world. And he once mm-hmm. said, and he said to me that um, when you think about it, a, a written comment is just a collection of letters. Whatever language it is, it's a collection of letters that forms a sentence. And we make a judgment on that sentence by how we read that sentence. 
how we read mm-hmm. it then we then determine inside how we react to it so that what we're mm-hmm. doing in in uh, addressing by getting wound up annoyed or upset by a comment is ourselves doing that rather than that yeah. other person doing it so we actually have the power to just sort of as you say just move that comment aside and not react to it because really nobody else should have the power to make you feel like you feel you yeah. have the power to make you feel you did a post about this quite uh, a little while ago actually only you yeah. have the right to feel like you feel nobody has the right to make you feel like you do so take the power yourself mm-hmm. and decide how you want to feel yep exactly you can't control other people's actions but you can control your own absolutely wonderful (laughs) (laughs) so nicole what services do you provide and how can listeners find you because i know you have lots you have online platforms where people can learn uh, on how how to do things they can sign up for things they can uh, they can come directly to you and utilize your services on a commercial basis so how do they find you and what do you offer Yeah. So I kind of have two different sides to my business. So I have the side that's more geared for um, musicians, specifically for individuals, which is the more online education. So I have um, my primary program is my called Create Your Career, which literally walks you step by step through everything that I did and what I help my clients do people that book coaching with me. Um, I show you how to go through branding and how to build your website, how to set it up to convert, how to write copy that speaks directly to your target audience, um, doing SEO, social media. I literally teach you all of it. Um, and then throughout the year, I run different like workshops, programs like that. That is all you can find that usually through my Instagram, which is just at Nicole Ricardo or my website, NicoleRicardo.com. And then The other half of what I do, which is the continuously evolving side, is the actual media agency side, um, Nicole Ricardo Media or NR Media. So I do have a team on that one. It's me, myself, um, Jolene Madewell, and Rossi. And basically, that's the like, hey, we'll just do this all for you kind of deal for um, either individuals or businesses, uh, companies that are looking to outsource their things. So like one of the the companies that I work with is Flutistry and I also work with Fluter Scooter. So we do uh, social media management, product photography, web design, SEO, graphic design, um, pretty much all in one, you know, anything digital marketing, <laughs> we got you. Um, and we finally just started an Instagram account for that. So that is just at nrmedia underscore. And then our website is in progress. So stay tuned. <laughs> the thing is, Nicole, is that because you've you've learned it, I'd say the hard way and actually on the job, the advice you can give mm-hmm. is not only for corporates, it's for individual musicians, whatever the size, they can mm-hmm. sign up and they can learn from you. And mm-hmm. ultimately, if they say they don't have the time, well, I, I personally, I wouldn't believe them because everybody can find the time. It's really, yeah. do you have the drive to get your message, to get you out there? Do you want yeah. to be successful or do you want to be sitting at home moaning that you don't have any work? And by yeah. contacting you and your great band of ladies, I, th- <laughs> I think it, it, it can be made a reality. And really, we have to yeah. ask that question. Do we want our life to be a reality or we want to be hidden away in a book that's on the shelf? 
and yeah you, yeah yeah and, and i think your your website and what you can offer is very unique and unusual in our business Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean, it's really it comes down to a matter of priority. And I can't even tell you how many times I've had this conversation where it's either the, you know, oh, I just don't have time to run my social media and I don't have time for this. But no, what it is, is it's not a priority. So try saying this is not a priority to me and and see how that feels instead of saying I don't have time for this. And I really I really, really believe, you know, with musicians especially, oh, we're so guilty of saying, oh, well, I need to be practicing. I, I I, just, I should be practicing. I don't have time for, you know, coming up with social media posts. I have to practice. But like, here's the reality. When you get out of school and when you graduate, if you've been sitting in a practice room for eight hours, 10 hours, whatever, how many hours a day, and that's all you're doing, you're just keeping your head down, you're practicing, and you're just hoping crossing your fingers and hoping that when you graduate, oh, somebody's going to notice how great I am and I'm going to get a job. Like that is not how it works, my friend. I am sorry to say if you want to make something happen and if you are not willing to take no for an answer and you want to make sure that you are able to make a living doing what you love, chances are you're going to have to go out there and make it for yourself because the percentage of musicians that win an orchestra job or that, you know, land that full-time tenured professorship. It's really small. It's becoming more and more common today that if if you want to make a living doing this, you're you're doing multiple things. You have multiple sources of income, you know, um, and you're a lot of them, it's it's not like one job that is paying you a salary, you know, it's it's something that you made yourself. Like you created a private studio or you made a, a technique book that you're now selling, or you're doing online, you know, coaching programs for musicians who are living in pain and teaching them body mapping or Alexander technique. You know, it's kind of Put, putting these things together and, and making it for yourself. And you need to pay the bills. As you get older, you have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you, you have rent, you have bills, you have food. You want to be able to enjoy yourself. And Yeah, and, and if you ever want to retire, you know, wow, novel idea. You have to have money for that. <laughs> uh, so I'm closer to that than you, my lady. <laughs> well I'm sure everybody can hear the passion in your voice the fact that and your frustrations the fact that everybody has the power to get their message out but yeah. very few people are actually utilizing the power of social media and if yeah. if if they only were to take that slightly more seriously or in your case you would probably say very seriously then <laughs> their life could be transformed and their earning potential transformed yeah yeah it literally can be life-changing. I mean, it, it changed mine. I now get to make a full-time doing what I love every single day. I never would have imagined myself doing this, but I'm so grateful that this is how it turned out. You know, I don't, I don't have a boss now. In October, I was gone traveling for three weeks. Like, what can you, what else what other kind of job can you have where you can do that, you know, and have that kind of flexibility, like whatever life it is that you're dreaming of in your head, it sounds so cliche, but you, you can, you can make it. It's just a matter of how hard you're willing to work for it. Absolutely. So it's folks, it's NicoleRicardo.com. I'm actually on the webpage now and there's yes. various different tabs. <laughs> is about, is about Nicole. There's free downloads. We all like free stuff, don't we? 
There's her blog. Yeah. There's services she offers. There's courses. There's content workshops. Um, and there's there's a lot. So NicoleRicardo.com. Go and have a look. If you're unsure about anything. <laughs> yes, send me a message. Yeah, and she's very approachable, as you can tell. And she's not scary. <laughs> I don't bite. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Nicole, for joining me this week on Talking Flutes well, Extra. You're very sweet. Thank you for getting up early. Well, you're welcome, and thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. And uh, are you a coffee drinker? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as it's so early, you'll be off to get a coffee now. Oh, yeah. That's the next stop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, are we going to bump into each other at the NFA this year? Oh, sorry, this oh, year? Yes. Next year? I'm in the wrong year. Yes, NFA Dallas. I will be there. <laughs> yeah, so will I. Just look for the old bloke, and you've, uh, you, can't, you can't miss me. <laughs> thank you everybody please continue to send your questions as usual to flutepodcasts at gmail.com next week i'm down in hove with claire for all things christmas yes it's christmas really soon isn't it in a couple of weeks so thank you once again to nicole and to you all for listening may your week ahead be musically fulfilling and your c sharp remain in tune goodbye Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.